Here's a poem titled, Time You Hear Me Sigh. Day in, day out, you carry out your chores. When you think you're almost done, there is always more. Feeling drained and frustrated are a daily experience. This is a mother's tale, shaping away her confidence. Some days she asks, am I good enough? Other days she's told, you're not good enough. It comes as actions, inactions, words and glares from strangers and sometimes from those she holds dear. These are times you hear a mother sigh when she needs love and support ever nigh. These are times when your action, words or glare gives her hope that help is near. I am Dr. Duny. I'm the award-winning mom and palm and coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. And today we're going to be talking about how we can support mothers. I give this words about supporting mothers because we have mothers around us. So if perhaps you're listening to my voice and you might think, oh, I'm not a mother, you will know at least one or maybe two mothers. And the support that you offer to mothers can go a long way in enriching their health and well-being. And like you know, on this show, we're always talking about health, well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit. So this episode is no exception to the rule. So sit tight, grab your favorite drink, and have a listen. Or maybe you're listening while you're taking the children to school. That's also fine as well. Make sure you come back and revisit this episode because I'll be sharing some nuggets that I have learned that have helped me and my clients, that have helped me and the people I surround myself with moving forward through the challenges that motherhood, as beautiful as it is, brings to us on a daily basis. I recall feeling broken, feeling tired, feeling exhausted, but not having where to turn. I felt like I was alone. I felt like I was crumbling. And to a large extent, many mothers feel this way. Sometimes when you're combining work and um, home and business and all the other things that we do, people look at you and think, you're crazy. No wonder you're stressed. Well, you brought, you brought it on yourself. Now, it is very easy to judge people. It's very easy to say, well, you brought it on yourself, so deal with it. But it's also very important for us to realize something, that many mothers do not have a choice. They could be single mothers, or maybe even if they are in a partnership or a relationship or a marriage, the income of one person is insufficient to care for the family. And so they need to work as well. As a result of that, they have the increased stress and strain that comes and the judgment from everybody else. So really, it's important that we recognize that we never know what someone is going through until we walk in their own shoes. So based on the experience I had, I started to see things differently because there I was taking care of my children. They were both very young and I was doing that on my own. And at the point where I felt 
oh my goodness, where am I going to move on from this? How am I going to move forward from this? I knew that there had to be a way, but I could not see it. All I was seeing was dark clouds all around me. And it was almost as though those clouds were heavy with rain and they were weighing on my shoulders. Every day I would weep, feeling really sorry for myself. Now, at that point, I didn't even know why I was weeping. You know why? Because, yes, I was going through stressful situations. And at that point, I had just lost my dad. So I was also grieving the loss. And so with everything that was going on, I struggled to kind of move on from just plan. You know how you kind of plan ahead? I'm someone who likes to plan ahead. So when you come to meet me and say, okay, so Jenny, we're going to do this. I say, okay, so this is what we're doing. And what's it going to look like in two years, five years? And I kind of project it. Even if it's something that you're saying, let's do this now. I kind of plan ahead. But I was at that point where I could even plan the next section of the day. If it was morning, I'd not even planned the afternoon. <laughs> it was afternoon, I had not even planned the evening because I was just so weighed down. And many mothers are feeling this even at this moment as we speak. Why? Because we have so many stresses. And in this poem I shared with you, which is one I wrote, and perhaps people have been hearing me share poems. I tend to write poems and they just come to me and I, I think it's very important that we tap into the creativity that we have as mothers, whether you are um, someone who is great with words or you're great with your art or you're great with creating things like knitting or crocheting, whatever that is for you, tap into it because those are the things that help you to heal, to grow, to learn as you go on your journey in life. And so at that point in time, I felt really lost. And in the midst of that feeling lost, there had to be a way. Now, some people think, and perhaps you have heard this in the previous episode, or you've heard me speak about this. Many times people say, okay, you feel happy, that's good. You feel sad, that's bad. There are some times when you need to feel sad to have progress. There are some times you need to feel that brokenness to be able to see the light. There is this beautiful Japanese um, concept called kintsugi. And it's such that you have broken pieces of pottery. So, for example, maybe you had some um, vases, some plates and other things. And they maybe broke by accident. And normally when you break things like that, people just throw it in the bin. But with kintsugi, you don't throw these things away. These things are then mended. And what happens is that the edges are laced with precious metal. So you could use precious metal to hold these things together. So yes, it looks like those broken pieces are put together, but there's precious metal holding them. Your experiences in life as a mother are like that kintsugi. There's the brokenness and the broken pieces. But you have the opportunity as a creator of that new artwork in the midst of all that brokenness and sadness to piece together all the pieces that you have kind of broken into and 
line them and connect them with the wisdom you have gained from the experience. I'll say that in a different way. The brokenness that you go through can seem like a sad experience. And sometimes you feel like you're all over the place and you cannot focus. Those are the broken pieces. The wisdom that you have learned, and perhaps when you're going through it, you really can't see the wisdom, but there are certain lessons that you have learned in all your experiences, no matter how bitter they have been. And these experiences are the precious metal. That precious metal is utilized by you as a creator to connect those pieces of yourself. And that is what that kintsugi can come to life for in your life. So you might ask me, so how do you do that? I mean, maybe you're not someone who knows very much about art and maybe you don't know much about pottery. Now, I have to tell you, I don't know much about pottery. As a matter of fact, I'm not very art savvy. I'm, I'm a medical doctor. I'm more science. Here is the fact. Here is the evidence. Someone is unwell, did the diagnosis, here is the treatment. Or maybe you want me to teach a concept and I go, okay, this is the problem. Here is the solution. I will kind of work through it. I am that kind of person. And so because I didn't have so much in terms of that art part of me, my journey through challenges and maybe some of the bitter experiences I had in my life took me through that journey of creativity and tapping into that artist part of me. When I was in high school, I found out that I was good at writing and speaking. And most importantly, I enjoyed writing poems. So I remember I would get a book and write a poem and I would, it would rhyme so well and sound so good. And so I started to read more about that. But of course, because I knew at that point I was going to be a doctor, I did not focus on it so much. And then, of course, got into university, studied medicine and everything I did, all those hobbies went out the window, okay, because there was really no time. And so even now, as I teach my medical students, I tell them, hey, if you've got a skill, a hobby, a talent, do not throw it away. Continue to find time for it. It might be once a week. It might be a few minutes in the week. Whatever that is, find time for it. And so that creative part of me was awakened by the bad, the painful, the shameful experiences I went through. And because of that, I was able to now sieve out the nuggets that I learned, the golden nuggets, I would call them, by the experiences that I went through. So first things first, it's okay for you to be sad, okay? We need to agree on that. It's okay for you to be sad. It's okay for you to cry. It's okay for you to sigh. People think that's Crying, sighing, feeling sad is such a bad thing. It shows that you're not coping. <laughs> but I personally feel that crying is such a powerful gift that we have. I look at the scenario of crying, especially when you're faced with uh, a situation, maybe a challenging situation, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to turn, and you start to cry. And people think, oh my goodness, she's broken down. <laughs> she doesn't know what to do. Oh my goodness, we need to look for a replacement for hard work. 
or maybe we need to send her straight to see the doctor to start on some antidepressants. When you do not know what to do, sometimes it's because you lack clarity. That lack of clarity, unfortunately, can cause distress to many people. But you see, when you lack clarity and the ability to look ahead, to see things that are right in front of you, you might need to, like you're doing when you drive, put some windscreen fluid up, okay, and use the wipers to wipe them off so that you can have a clean windshield and you can look through and see clearly where you're headed, where you're going. Do you need to keep going straight? Do you need to turn left? Do you need to turn right? This is what you can do. And sometimes crying does that for you. So allow yourself to feel the emotions you're feeling in that moment without labeling them, this is a good emotion, this is a bad emotion. Because sometimes that so-called bad emotion, low energy emotion can actually be that doorway that opens up your heart to feel again, that opens up your heart to heal again, that opens up your heart to grow again. So that's the first thing I would recommend when you're going through these challenging situations. Allow yourself to feel the emotion. Now, of course, when you're feeling the emotion, you need to recognize that sometimes you might deal with it in a different way. And people handle challenges and emotions in different ways. There are the people who feel so alone, they have no one to turn to, or they feel they have no one to turn to. And that's a, very, that's a myth, I have to say. It's a myth because you see, all of us in this world are connected one way or the other. And in addition to that, if somebody was struggling, having a challenge, all they need to do is to say, I'm having a challenge. Yes, there might be some people who would make fun of you, um, make you feel like you're being stupid, silly, you're not good enough, you're not enough. But then there's some people that will say, hey, I see you, I feel you, come, I will help you. And not from an exploitative position, but from a place of true caring. There are people that will do that for you. So please, even if you're feeling alone right now, I want you to know that there are people out there that would help you. Then there are some people that would handle these challenging situations by writing it down. And that's something I did a lot. So when it comes to journaling, journaling is a great tool. And I remember journaling, especially the painful experiences, allowing it to flow out of you onto paper. Now, of course, when you write such things, some of them are raw, um, probably things that you don't want another pair of eyes to see. Sometimes they are embarrassing. Sometimes they are shameful. Sometimes you just pour it out and you really don't want to go through that again. Such experiences I have found very useful that when I write them out, I get rid of them. And when I say get rid, there are different ways to get rid. Some people just take the paper and tear it up. That can be quite satisfying. Some people actually use a shredder. Even the sound of the shredder is slicing and dicing the papers for you. That can also be quite um, freeing. But there are some people that like to see a little bit of fire in there. 
Now, I have to warn you. If you decide to burn what you are, what you have written on paper, please remember fire safety, okay? Don't go and burn something and burn your house down or burn someone or burn yourself, okay? So it needs to be something that works well for you. Some people would keep it and maybe refer to it later. If you feel comfortable to doing that, by all means, please do, okay? But letting it out and documenting, getting rid of it later or keeping it, that's entirely your choice. But there are modalities that have been tried, tested, and has made a huge difference in the lives of people. Things to watch out for, though, and have to mention this very importantly. Some people see these challenges. Maybe they talk to a friend and maybe it's the wrong person they spoke to. And the person kind of told the whole world about that secret. Or perhaps it was something that they confided in someone and that person used it as a, an arrow against them. And so they feel, I will never trust someone again. So that these experiences, they really, really happen. And when they do happen, unfortunately, it can cause a lot of pain and hurt. So what do we do in that kind of scenario? I want us to recognize something. Turning to self-medication has become a very common thing, but it's not the right thing. I have to say it as it is, because sometimes some people would self-medicate with alcohol. That's a big one. And unfortunately, there are certain amounts of alcohol that are very harmful to our bodies, um, especially our liver, because our liver is the one that kind of breaks it down. And if maybe your liver is not working as optimally, unfortunately, you are damaging it by taking alcohol. Now, when you're emotionally driven, maybe by sadness or shame or guilt, your thinking part of your brain, your reasoning part of your brain is not functioning because you are in that um, emotional state of being and your mind is not thinking about solving a problem is thinking about survival. And that's the time you're like, poor me. And maybe you've even given up as well. You're feeling despondent. That's not the time that you'll be counting. Oh, I'll just have two bottles of, oh, sorry, two glasses of wine. The two glasses will become two bottles of wine. Okay. So that's self-medication with alcohol has been the, bane of so many people's lives and so do not start it and if you need help you need support please seek help there are people organizations even your health care professional out there that you can seek help from because it does go a long way to help you in your journey and your recovery and also your journey of improving your health and well-being another thing that some people kind of uh, kind of tap into uh, are things like drugs. Now, this may not be as common or as popular as alcohol, depending, of course, on your access. Some people use prescription drugs. Some people use over-the-counter drugs, and some people use the hardcore recreational drugs. Um, I do not want to sound judgmental, but you see, most of the time when we self-medicate with some of these drugs, unfortunately, they cause us more harm than good. So we need to be very mindful that we don't. And I know some of these drugs are addictive. 
That's the painful part. They are addictive. And because they are addictive, we lose control. So imagine you're feeling sad, angry, guilty, ashamed, and then suddenly you've lost control. You feel enslaved to a drug or to a drug dealer or to alcohol or to cigarettes because that's another substance that is used. What happens? Your level of self-worth goes from here to down in the dumps. And that's why there is a high level of mental health conditions whereby people are chronically depressed, very anxious, feeling suicidal. And we do not want that to happen. And so for that reason, I want us to please seek help, okay? Rather than self-medicate. And if you are already self-medicating, please seek help. There's help out there. We can help to get you from that state where you're feeling, I can't make it. I can't do it. Okay. You're not alone in this journey. What I'll try to do, because I know that there are many listeners from all over the world. Um, I think I've got quite a few access to some of the local and perhaps maybe international um, resources for help, especially if you need someone to say, talk to, there will be your local um, emergency services. Don't forget to use them. Your local mental health services, don't forget to use them. Your crisis helpline, please don't forget to use them, okay? And of course, your primary care provider is another very important resource to tap into. Now, another very important thing, and this one probably many people don't pay too close attention to because they feel, oh, well, it's part of my day-to-day survival and day-to-day um, management of my health. And that's where people tap into eating, okay? So they say, oh, I'm not feeling very happy, I'm feeling very good. I'll just go snack on something. So they go into the pantry and what comes out, it's not the carrot, it's not the broccoli, it's not the fruit, it is the crisps, it is the biscuits, it's the cake go to the fridge, go get the ice cream. And those are the kind of foods that we kind of eat. And what tends to happen, unfortunately, is as we are consuming these foods, they are causing a spike in our sugar levels. And that can cause some release of chemicals, most notably and notoriously insulin. Now, insulin is great because it does its job, but when it's released in such high amounts, Sometimes it loses the sensitivity to do what it's meant to do. And that's why we have a high incidence and the connection and correlation between stress and type 2 diabetes, between stress um, and mental health conditions and type 2 diabetes, between eating disorders and type 2 diabetes. And of course, with type 2 diabetes, there are also close relatives to hypertension, stroke, and all those kind of cardiovascular conditions. So it's very important that we recognize these potential hazards we come across whenever we're going through challenge. Okay. I found something very interesting. And this is because when I was going through a big challenging part in my life, I felt alone. Okay. And like I mentioned before, sometimes we feel alone. But one thing I noted was in the moments where I felt alone, there were people that were rising up around me 
people who were strangers that could help me. And they did help me. Some of them even, I didn't even ask for the help, but they offered the help because they could see. So you might be listening and maybe you're not a mother or maybe you are a mother, but you're not going through a challenging time, but you know someone who is. What are some things you can do? Like I mentioned in the poem, it could be an action. You can offer to watch the kid. You can off, offer to um, do the grocery shopping for them. You can offer to pick up the child from school because maybe, you know, oh, well, they're working as well as this. So uh, can I can I pick up uh, Tommy and he can come play in the house and then you can pick him up on your way from work? You do not know what huge burden you might be lifting up at that time. And of course, sometimes it, it's words. I see you. I'm here for you. These are words you can say, you're enough. Do you know how many mothers wish that someone would wake them up or tap them on their shoulder maybe every five minutes and saying, you are enough, needing that validation? Because I have to say, constantly, we as mothers are receiving the criticism, constant criticism. As a matter of fact, I receive that quite a lot sometimes. And people might think, oh my goodness, you received that? No, you're amazing. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> I do receive it. But you see, I choose to ignore. There are certain things that uh, I've learned from my children. There's something called selective hearing. And sometimes it's called selective perception. When people are saying negative and nasty things, they are at liberty to say what they want to say. I don't have control over their mouth or maybe their hands if they are writing it. But I have a control uh, over how I respond to it. Now, you see that I said respond to it because there is a temptation we have when we receive negative feedback or negative inputs from people or even strangers or society. And there is a ten tendency for us to react. We need to start becoming responsible for our actions by becoming responding and giving that response in a way that uplifts our well-being rather than reacting. You're not a nuclear reactant now. Eh? You're not a reacting plant. So tap into yourself. And I know I went through a framework for respond versus react. If you've not listened to that episode yet, I encourage you to go back to that episode and talk that talks about how to respond to challenging situations, especially when it's right in front of your face. Okay. Um, it really does help to learn to respond rather than react. Selective hearing really helped me a great deal. And when I learned that skill from my son, he seems to be very good at doing that. <laughs> so when I learned that skill from my son, it was just so liberating because then I was able to say, oh, well, that doesn't matter. I don't need to pay attention to that. Oh, it just goes. And that gave me less stress. I wasn't picking quarrels and trouble. What did you say? How did you say it? Where did you go? Mm -mm 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 -mm. Your peace of mind is more important than anything else. Remember that your sanity, your peace of mind, your wholeness is more important because when you're well, when you're whole, when you are healthy and happy, your children will see it, will feel it, will experience it. 
And because they see, feel, and experience, they too can thrive. So they are not in panic mode saying, what's happening to mommy? Oh, is mommy okay? Oh, mommy might not be happy. No, they are able to thrive. And one thing I need you to recognize is some of the time, some people are nasty to you or say mean things to you because they don't know any better. So they maybe say it without really meaning to be mean. And you might wonder, why would anybody say that if they don't mean to be mean? Oh, well, that's a discussion for another day. But there are some people who deliberately want to break you down. They want you shattered to pieces. The lessons that you learn from that moment of being shattered to pieces, the lessons of don't fight every battle yourself. Sometimes practice selective hearing. Sometimes please let go of the hurt. Let go of the pain that you're feeling. Those are those golden nuggets that you use to piece those fragments of your life together. Now, when you have that um, ability to recognize who you are in your experiences, you will be able to also recognize that people are out there to support you. Who are your people? Who are your tribe? Sometimes, and especially for us as mothers, they could be the parents of your children's classmates. Those people could be your tribe because you, you tend to spend more time with them. Something I discovered is when you drop your children off at school, you maybe stand at the gate or wait to, if you get there early, you kind of wait. Who are people around you? The parents of other children. Then maybe while you're stood in the line outside of the school, your children start talking to the children, their classmates, and maybe you as a parent sees the parent of that classmate they're talking to and you kind of exchange glances. Sometimes you actually start to talk with them or maybe you just start talking to someone. And apparently at that point, you start to form a relationship, a friendship. Sometimes it's after at pickup time. Pick up time, nobody knows whose mother is who. <laughs> so we all stand there and we kind of say, oh my goodness, what a, what a, what a very <laughs> dreary weather. It's all cloudy and wet and my goodness, it's really cold. Now I say that because, I mean, in the UK, we talk about the weather a lot. And sometimes that can be the opening conversation. And you have like three, four, five of us all cooking together. And then when the school bell goes, oh, the children are released and they come to us and then you be like, oh my goodness, so you are this person's mother. And that's how relationships are built. I remember we did a lot of, of that um, early on. And when we were doing all that, oh, please, let's, can I have your number? Um, we can arrange a play date or can I have your number? There's a birthday party coming up. And I have to say, children have a better social life than we parents, <laughs> okay? They had so many parties, so many birthdays to attend because of classmates. And sometimes these classmates are really, really the resource for you. Their parents are a good resource for you because you will be able to experience and see that, oh, yes, I can learn from this. I can, you know, um, have these people, they have my back. Okay, so it's so important for us to recognize that. Now, very importantly, that can be your tribe. 
other people that can be your tribe are the people you resonate with. I know a lot of people who have reached out to me and say, hey, Dr. Duny, I'd love to join the club. Dr. Duny, oh my goodness, I resonate with what you share online, on your podcast, in, in your book. My goodness, please, let's join your, the community. And yes, please join the community. Because, you see, when you have people who align with you, their thoughts, their values, they align with what you, or maybe you have shared common interests, it's such a good thing. Some people see me and they'll see me all smiley and everything. So when I'm sharing stories about the days that I felt like upset, angry, frustrated, guilty, not good enough, they kind of have a double take. Like, really? You ever felt like that? No, I thought that was for the rest of us. No, it happens to everyone. I feel like that. But how do we bounce forward from those moments? How do we grow from those moments? It's by picking the nuggets, okay? Because what, there was a book I read, I think it was by Oprah Winfrey, The Path Made Clear. That's a very good book. If you've not read it, please go ahead, pick it up and read. It talks about how sometimes you have experiences in your life. And unless you pick the lesson that you're meant to have picked from that, less, from that experience, you keep having similar experiences so that you can pick that lesson. <laughs> I mean, it sounds cruel, but sometimes you really do need to go through some experiences, pick the lesson. And if, you, if you're lucky, pick it up the first time. You really don't want to go over and over again. It's just like going into school and repeating the class over and over again because you've not passed the exam. You've not learned what you are meant to learn. Okay. So it's so important that we learn our lessons, pick those nuggets, and then pick up the broken pieces. I keep referencing this because many times people think that everybody's meant to be whole, just a beautiful, perfectly shaped thing. No one is perfect. We are all made up of our broken pieces. Sometimes it's patched together with clay. Sometimes we've got uh, cellotape. Sometimes it's sticky glue. And sometimes it's those golden nuggets. But remember that no matter what you might be going through, you're not alone. And if you're a mom supporter, the words you say, the actions, and very importantly, also the way you look at these mothers. There was a day I was coming back from a holiday. Actually, it was one of those times, you know how you kind of spur of the moment thinking, I decided to spend one of my birthdays out of the country. So I went out and I went on holiday. And at that point in time, because my birthday is in the winter months, it was really, really cold. <laughs> and I decided, okay, I'm going somewhere warm for my birthday. So I took this solo trip. It was really, really good. I had a great time. And I was on my way back. And on the, tra on the plane, there was a woman and she had a little baby. The baby was about maybe six months, seven months. And this baby was not settled. The baby was crying. Um, some people were giving her, had those glares of, oh gosh, don't tell me we're going to be dealing with this noise all through. And I could see this mother flustered. She took her stuff from her bag, gave the child a dummy, dummy, dummy refused, gave the child a bottle, the baby refused, gave the child a toy thrown to the floor. 
I mean, she didn't know what to do. She was rocking the baby, kind of softly singing. The child wasn't having it. Kind of said, okay, maybe it's hot. Let me try and um, to undo the button. The baby was just not having it. Do you know, the best thing we could have given this woman was that understanding. Sometimes it's even just a look. So while we were, she was going through all that, I was sitting on the other side of the plane. So there was an aisle between us. Okay. And um, I, I looked at her and I smiled and I said, you're doing a great job. Not too long after, after lots of trial and error of things, finally the baby settled. And she said, I really needed to hear that. Thank you. Now, Someone would ask me, why would you say that to her? She has a child that is disrupting the peace of the plane. But I have to say that I have been in a situation where I was told to quiet my child down. <laughs> you know, and I know what that felt like because there's a level of control, except you want me to get um, a big baseball bat knock my child out and make sure that they are quiet because you cannot tolerate the sounds that they make, whether it's a cry or they are cheerful or they are screaming, whatever that sound is. We mothers don't have that control. And you might think, and this is something that society does for us. It says things like, you must understand your child because there's a child, there's a cry of a child that is hunger. There's another cry that is, I'm tired. There's another cry, my nappy is wet. There's another cry that means I'm bored, entertain me. And if you know your child, you know which cry is which cry and you'll be able to pacify them immediately. And if you don't do that, you're a horrible mother. That is a blatant lie. That really is a blatant lie. Do you know why? Because there are sometimes you, even as an adult, you're upset and you don't even know why you're upset. And if you, as an adult, sometimes are upset and you can't say, oh yeah, this is the particular thing that made me upset. And so I'm going to upturn this so that I'm feeling less upset. How much more a mother understand another entity? Because a child is not a mini mother. It's not a mini dad. It's a full entity, a full being. And so we need to recognize that. And so we need that empathy that we show to ourselves, especially as mothers, but also to others as well, to other mothers, to know that, hey, we're here for you. We support you. We see you and we will help in any way we can. Now, of course, um, there is this thing that used to happen when I was younger. When um, a child is crying, most importantly, most commonly, this happens when a child is crying. You're going through a challenging time and the child is crying, but oh, don't cry, don't cry. I'm sad. Oh, don't be sad. And we kind of translated that into adult food. But then I had a coach once who said something very, very interesting. And she said, when you feel an emotion of sadness or you're crying or you're angry, oh, don't be angry, no. Sometimes you need to validate and recognize and lean into those emotions. <laughs> That's so important because sometimes you need to say, I'm sad. And the response from someone supporting or comforting you should not be, don't be sad. It's to say, I see you're sad. 
I see you're angry. Recognize it and let it be there. Because when you go through those challenges, when you go through those emotions, and you can understand how they feel, and you can help people to see that you understand them, even to your child, they feel supported. I remember there was a particular day my daughter was feeling quite upset. And um, I just picked her up from school. And what we tend to do when we are doing pick up and drop up and everything is, especially from, for picking up from school, uh, my first question is, how was school today? Uh, what happened? How are your lessons? And, you know, kind of have that discussion. And I tell them a bit about work. On this day, I saw the look on my daughter's face and I said, oh, my daughter, oh, my goodness, there's something happening. <laughs> but, you know, um, especially for us as mothers, some of them, some of the times we want to fix things and our children are not broken to be fixed. Sometimes they need to go through challenges or um, experiences for them to understand certain concepts of life and of living in this world. And after some time of being on our way and I was getting some monosyllabic answers, I reached out my hand and I touched my daughter and I didn't see anything. So when we reached home, I called her to sit beside me and she sat beside me and you know my normal self would have been so what's happening you look upset why are you upset is somebody upset you did your mother hurt you did someone say something mean to you then i'll start guessing or trying to kind of get her to answer while she sat i held her hands and looked at her she says mommy i want to cry i said go ahead and she let out like the loudest kind of <laughs> cry I'd heard from her and she cried and she hugged and I held her tighter and after that she said I feel better now later we talked about it but in that moment all she wanted to do was to feel seen to feel heard and the hearing was not her giving me words was what was her even crying you can imagine, even crying. So sometimes that's the way we need to have our emotions and our feelings validated, and even that of our children as well. That is a healthy thing that we can do for ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, even spiritually. Now, there are some very important things we need to remember that. Life is in a constant flow. Sometimes things are up, sometimes they are down. Sometimes things are hard, sometimes they are easy. There's no, oh yes, things are always going well for me. They are perfect all the time. There are times when things will not work out. All the inventions we've had in the world, all the progress we've had in the world, everybody that you probably might have heard a story about or has a name that everybody talks about, went through challenges and guess what those challenges knocked them down and in those moments they perhaps had a choice to give up 
But at that point, maybe they had someone support them or they had a thought or maybe they remember their purpose and maybe they were desperate and they said, no, I'm not giving up. And so my clarion call to mothers today is that there are moments when you sigh. There are moments when you cry. There are moments where you feel broken. There are moments where you're so scattered and shattered that you don't even know where to begin. I want to encourage you to pick up the nuggets of the lessons that you have learned from those bitter experiences and use them to connect the broken pieces of your life, to create that artwork, that perfect, beautiful artwork that has more value than the original, which was made without any brokenness. I am Dr. Duny, and I'm so pleased you've joined me today. I hope this has kind of served as an eye-opener, perhaps some level of understanding of where you are, why you feel the way you feel, or maybe even understanding someone you know of or your child. Please share this with other mothers. Come back and listen to this again. Download this episode. Make sure that you're sharing because we're in this together. I look forward to connecting with you. Please don't forget to leave a review because when you leave reviews, people are able to say, oh, I see this. This is an insight. And they'll be able to say, oh, yes, I'm going to listen to this. So please go ahead, do that and share with other mothers. Until next time, I ask that you stay well. Thank you.